we're talking about Ephesians. And this is probably why I'm all stirred up on this because about what we're talking about. Normally when I preach out of Ephesians, or one of the things I mainly preach out of Ephesians, is we're finally to it. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he even starts it off with finally. Everybody say finally. <laughs> finally, my brethren. So he's talking to believers. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then verse 14 says, stand therefore. Amen. First thing we're going to talk about in verse 10, it says, be strong in the Lord. Woo! I love to talk about being strong in the Lord. The Bible says these, gives us these verses. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, in the King James, it says, be strength, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. The Bible says this in Romans. It says that the same power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The same power, not a different power, not a lesser power, the same power. Everybody say the same power. Same power. The greatest display of power ever was when Jesus was, not when God spoke and the worlds became and there was light and all that kind of stuff. That was interesting and wonderful but the bible says the greatest display of power ever according to ephesians the second chapter says the first chapter says the greatest display of power ever was when jesus christ was raised from the dead and he was seated far above all everybody gets all wound up about the devil and the principalities and powers and might but at last time i looked even ephesians 2 6 says you're being seated together with him in heavenly places and you're far above so i don't care if the devil is trying to chase you down you're seated above it if you're fighting down here you're in the wrong seat Come on, if you're talking too much about what the devil's doing, too much about your problems, you're in your wrong seat. You got to get up in your seat and you got to sit down in heavenly places. Everybody say far above. What are you doing? How, what, what's, what's going on here? The strength of God. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I love talking about this because I like to be strong. Do you like to be strong? How many of y'all like to win? I like to win. And then when I'm done, I like to win again. I never get tired of winning. In Jesus Christ, and that's the only way you can win. You can't win in your own strength. You can't win in your own smarts. You're not smart enough. I know there's some doctors in the room. I know you got your post hole digger stuff. I know you got it, and I honor it. Really seriously, I do. I honor it. But this is not that kind of smarts. You need God smarts. And you need the strength of God. We need, we need to have the power of God. You're not going to outsmart the devil. You're not going to outlast the devil. You're going to have to use the name of Jesus and walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not by might. It's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by his spirit. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the power. And he lives in you. The greatest display of power ever was when Jesus was raised from the dead. And that same power quickens makes alive your mortal flesh. In context, in Romans 8, it's talking about keeping sin under, keeping your body under. 
But that power is working in you. That power is working for you. That power is working through you. The power is in you. That power is for you. And that power wants to work through you. But you've got to know that you're strong. Come on, are you strong? Are you strong? Well, you're strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. With all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness. Listen to me. If you're really walking in the power of God, you'll be patient. Praise the Lord. You'll be able to suffer long. I'm not talking about suffering long with sickness. I'm not talking about suffering long with... Not, you don't have to suffer long anything that Jesus has redeemed you from. Amen. But suffer long with people. <laughs> with problems. With situations you have no control over. In other words, you're even-tempered. You're patient. You have long suffering. You're not easily rattled. You're not easily roiled up. You know what I mean? You're not easily offended. What is that a sign of? Strength. Confidence in God. And you got some joy about you. How many know the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10? It's an Old Testament verse, but the second part of it we should all know. Everybody say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if you're really walking in strength, you'll have a, a laugh about you. You'll have a joy about you. We'll see your teeth. Hallelujah. You won't be looking like you're sucking on a lemon. Hallelujah. You won't be going around being mad all the time. You won't be going around all ticked off all the time. Listen to me. I know it's popular right now to be ticked off about everything, even in Christian circles, but it's not godly. Well, I'm just been interceding and I'm just, you know, not godly. If you really did intercede, you'd get up with joy because you know that God heard you. Come on. We're a fighting church. Well, the only fight you're supposed to fight is the good one. And that's the good fight of faith. If you can't do it in faith, then you ought not be fighting it. But you're going to have to fight. Yeah, but it's a good fight. Why is it a good fight? Come on. I used to say this just to the guys, but, uh, you know, and the girls know what's a good fight. The one you win. Doesn't matter what you look like when you're done. Just matters if you won or not. And we always win. Now, I know people don't like this kind of message, but you all like it, right? Because it's the truth. Jesus already won the victory. Jesus already won the victory. Everything he's going to do for you is already completed. You have to just receive it. He sat down and he won. So a sign of strength in your life is what? Joy. So just for fun, everybody give me a ha-ha. It's, uh, come on, I rejoice with joy. Unspeakable, full of glory. This is all connected. Strengthen God to long-suffering and patience. By faith and patience, I inherit the promises of God. With long-suffering and patience, I inherit the... In other words, I'm going to stand and keep on standing. I'm going to believe and keep on believing. I'm going to say and keep on saying. The mountain has to obey me because I said so. And I'm not going to be moved. And I'm not going to be moved. But you're going to have to have some joy. You're going to have to have some joy about you. You're going to have to have some strength about you. So you're going to have to have some joy about you. Don't let the devil. Who was it? Jerry Savelle a long, long time ago said, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your, your goods. Right? So joy is something you got to guard. So if you get around a bunch of people and they're all sourpusses all the time and they're mad all the time, you need to get new friends. You get a new radio station. Get a new news program. Oh, you didn't like that. I don't care. (laughs) Always wanting to fight. You got one enemy. The harvest is not your enemy. Not your enemy. You have an enemy. The devil, last time I looked, he was defeated. Everybody say, I have joy. 
<laughs> Woo, say, the joy of the Lord, joy of the Lord. is my strength. Ephesians 3.16, we looked at this already a time ago, many times ago, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, be strengthened with all might, with might by his spirit in the inner man. So where are you strengthened? First in the inner man. First in the inner man. You need it to show up in your flesh. You need it to show up in your soul. You got to be strengthened first inside. And so you got to believe that. That's why, you know, really, um, how, how, so how do I walk in God's strength? So I see, how, how many, I gave you three or four verses, I, maybe more than that, seven or eight verses already. So how many know it's the will of God that you be strong? So it's not the will of God that you be weak. That was weak. <laughs> it's not the will of God you be weak. It's the will of God you be strong. That's the plan. That's what he said. So anytime weakness tries to get on you, what should you do? You should get strong. Well, I'm asking, I, I, I just, you know, I'm waiting on the Lord to make me strong. Well, there is a scripture about that. Let's make sure we're doing it the right way. Well, let's, let's talk about it. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. So that's old covenant. Well, it still works. Hallelujah. Amen. This one still works. Isaiah 40, uh, it's still the word of God. He gives power to the, well, the faint people don't want to need power. So in your flesh, if you feel faint, what do you need? He gives power to the faint. To them that have uh, no might, vigor, he increases strength. Amen. Verse 31. But they that wait on the Lord. So waiting is not me sitting by and idly. Waiter is here like a waiter. So I'm waiting on God, meaning what do you need from me? What do you want from me? Wait upon the Lord. They shall renew. That word renew is exchange. It's like Christmas coming up. Hallelujah. I'm not as excited as my associate, Pastor Robert, about Christmas. Hallelujah. We'll probably not decorate again. <laughs> but, oh, don't, I'm sorry. But, but what do you do at Christmas time? Have you ever, have you ever gift exchange? I give you something. I got your name. You got my name. We're going to exchange. I got your name. You got my name. We're going to exchange. You'll get it later. I, I have his name. I have all that he has, and I'm going to exchange. And what am I going to bring him? Well, I'm going to bring him what I've got, but he's going to give me what he's got. That's a good exchange. But you've got to exchange it. You can't hold on what you got and then try to cover up his strength with where you're at. You've got to exchange it. I've got to exchange it. I've got to exchange it. I can't do this in my own strength. Do you all know that? I know some people, I'm looking at some of you, I know, I know you, you got willpower, but your willpower is nothing next to God power. And, and you need to obey and your will has to be his, but your willpower is not enough to get you victory. Your hard work is not enough to get you victory. You got, it's got to be him. Amen. So those who wait, ever say, I'm waiting on the Lord. What am I doing? I'm worshiping. I'm saying things. I'm listening for instructions. Those that wait on the Lord, renew. I'm going to exchange my strength with his. They shall do what? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. I can hear Travis singing it right now. Hallelujah. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. He's even in his fatigue. See, that would be good tonight. Hallelujah. Um, all right. Um, let's keep going. Um, how do I get it? So I wait on the Lord, number one. Um, the, Proverbs 10, 29, you need a scripture, I guess. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. Are you upright? Are you righteous? So the way of the Lord, so God's strength is coming towards you. And then I like to confess these scriptures. Psalms 
What are we looking at? We're looking at Ephesians 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. So before we go into battle, before you get your armor on, a lot of people just run into the armor. But we got to stop here and look what he said before he said get your armor on. I mean, you, know, you got to put your armor on. I don't believe you. Uh, you, don't, you shouldn't take your armor off. Once you get it on, you should leave it on even while you're sleeping. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual armor. It won't cause any problems. Hallelujah. But what did he say before that? He said get strong. So before I go into battle, even with my armor on, I got to know what he says. And the first thing he says to me is I got to get strong. Not strong in my own strength, but strong in the power of the Lord. And so I like to confess these scriptures. Psalms 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? For the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So fear is everywhere right now. You turn on the news, there's fear. There's fear of the economy. There's fear of this. There's fear of that. There's fear of wars. All that stuff Jesus said would go on in the last days and you can't change it. You can avoid it by being in his will and being a part of what God has wanted you to do and he will protect you as long as you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But you can't let their fear get on you. You can't let their fear. Fear is a devil motivator, not a God motivator. Anyone who tries to motivate you with fear is of this world. It's foolish wisdom. It's devilish wisdom. And it's not of God. God never motivates with fear. Not the kind be afraid fear. He, he motivates. Different kind of fear. Reverence, yes. Honor, yes. Doing what right, yes. But he doesn't motivate you with rattlesnake, tornado, hurricane, car wreck, catastrophe. It's very demonic. The Lord is my life, my salvation. So if I'm saved, I shouldn't be afraid. Come on, say it. Say, I'm not afraid. Why? Because the Lord is my strength. That's why I'm not afraid. And then it says, of whom shall I be afraid? Then you got a little kind of, of whom shall I be afraid? Come on. If God be for me, or what my spiritual daddy used to say, who cares? I tell this, it just popped up in my heart again. I was reading a book, um, Nancy Dufresne, Answer It. I think I brought this up. But during a saturation meeting, but it just come up again. You know, sometimes I get it. The devil, he's if he's harassing you and harassing your mind, and sometimes it gets overwhelming. And I understand that. I get it. But I love something Smith Wigglesworth said one time. Uh, he was dealing with some stuff, and uh, I guess he was sleeping, and an evil presence came in the room and woke him up. And he woke up and he looked, and it was the manifest presence, not of a demon, of the devil himself. And this is what he said. Oh, it's just you. And he turned over and went to sleep. I, when I read that, no, best Pastor Rhonda and Desi were in Chile. I laughed in the Holy Ghost for about a half an hour. If somebody would have walked in my house, they'd have thought I'd gone nuts. And I kind of did. Oh, it's just you. Oh, it's just you. Well, you, you don't want to make the devil mad, Pastor Mark. Be careful. He's already mad. He's mad that he lost you. He's mad that he's going to hell. He's mad that when he puts sickness and disease on people, people like us lay hands on him and take it off. 
He's already mad. You can't make him any matter. But you can have victory over him. Don't esteem what he's trying to do. Don't esteem it. Esteem what God has done for you already. Hallelujah. Say, I'm strong in the Lord. Say, the Lord is the strength of my life. Then this one I like, Exodus 15, 2. It says, Exodus 15, 2 says, the Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord is my strength and my song. We were praying today. I was leading noon prayer. And I started singing in the spirit in tongues what sounded like a fight song. Like, you know, after you score a touchdown at a game, the, your school song, it was kind of that thing. And then I interpreted it, and it was a fight song. It was a victory song. It was really cool. Um, I was amused. I think Pastor Ronald was. I don't know if anybody else was. I just thought it was cool. It was like it was better than any other. It was better than any Bob Jones or James Clements or Alabama or Auburn fight song. It was a fight song from the Lord, and it was a victory song. The Lord is my strength and my song. Come on. He gave you victory. He's strengthened you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. You always win. Psalms uh, 18, 2 and 3. Psalms 18, 2 and 3. The Lord is my rock. My fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Come on, he is my strength. Everybody say, the Lord Lord is my strength. So the other thing you can do, you know, we already looked at Colossians 1.11, but you can pray. You can ask. How I many you know uh, that when you find out the will of God is for you to be strong, you say, Lord, I ask you. I, I'm waiting on you. I ask for your strength in my inner man. I pray what Colossians 1.11 says, that I be strengthened in the inner man. I be strengthened with all might and according to your glorious power in the inner man. I thank you for strengthening me. So it says in Ephesians 6.10, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Say it again. I am strong in the Lord and what in what and the power of his might. So because the corobose pafaninge is a sulubrente, it's a manchedale, it's a cubante, it's a corobante, it's a sumanante. And because my strength is on the inside of you, my power will manifest through you and to you, yes, for yourself, but to others around you. And you'll lay hands on the sick and the demons will run. You'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover each and every one. It's not a time to draw back. It's not a time to be afraid. But come on, get out in front and let's have a prayer. Parade. Hallelujah. That's cool. <laughs> You're funny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're funny. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I will not draw back. Come on, you've been born for this season. You're part of the glorious church. You're part of the mighty church. You're part of the blood-bought church. You're part of the redeemed. Hallelujah. And we ought to say so. And we ought to walk in the power and the strength of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, verse 10. 
I'm strong in the Lord. <laughs> That's funny. I'll be strong in the Lord. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, if you're new, you picked a good night. Hallelujah. If you're new, that was a tongue and interpretation from the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about how the nine manifestations of the spirit are given to profit with all. That's not been done away with. The Holy Ghost is not dead. Jesus is not dead. That's still for today. So I gave a tongue and I interpreted it. Um, everybody has a prayer language. After you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you speak in other tongues. But that was a specific tongue and that needed interpreted. And so that's why that's what happened in case you don't know. And um, so let's move on. Let's look at verse uh, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against, stand against the wiles of the devil. you got to learn to stand against. Everybody say stand against. Stand against. And so, um, and then in verse 13 it says you got to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So there's a whole lot of standing, right? Well, you got to stand against. That means you have an enemy. You're going to have to stand against. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil. You've got to submit to God first, but then you resist the devil. What is the devil doing? Well, sickness, disease, sin, poverty, confusion, heartache, heartbreak, soulish things. When the devil comes to take, put, take you out, you resist him. How do you do it? Steadfastly in the faith. 1 Peter 5, 9. But you have to resist. You have to resist. He's saying here, put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand against. You're going to have to stand. Listen to me. I would love to tell you after you get born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and just because you come to Cornerstone Word of Life Church, a Word Church, a Holy Ghost Church, you're never going to have another problem the longest day you live. And that's what somebody told me when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. If you'll just walk by faith. And always listen to God. You'll never have another problem the longest day you live. They lied. They lied. Because there's a devil. And there's people all around us. And there's problems. And you can't control everybody. Remember, Paul had to get on a ship. He had no control over that. And a storm came to kill them. But because he was there, they all got delivered. So to say, just if you do everything right, if you're the perfect parent, your children will be perfect. You, you can be the best. I mean, God the Father is perfect. And his first church, there was, a, there was a revolt. The two of them quit. Come on. Jesus picked all 12 of his. And one of them had a devil. And a thief. And had him killed. There's problems. Jesus appeared to 500 people. And he could only get 120 to show up on the day of Pentecost. Scripture says. God had these angels that he made. And one he made beautiful and was musical and, and led praise and worship. And the praise and worship leader revolted and took a third of created beings with him. God understands when you and I got some problems. But he made a way for us to win because he always wins. And he always gets the last word. That's why they call him the great amen. Because he always gets the last word. Make sure you always got the last word. So 
Amen. I'm feeling very preachy tonight. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we got to stand against. But let's look at this first. Yeah, let's do that. Let's look at this. What are the wiles of the devil? Um, what is a wile of the devil? Um, it's his strategies. Wiles there, really it's like inroads. It's like a, a, a lot of the devil's stuff is words to your soul. Um, inroads into your soul. The, the wiles, deceits. You know, uh, the devil needs to talk you in to being afraid. The devil has to talk you in to sinning. The devil, so he, he, he looks for inroads. You know, um, the fiery darts of the wicked one. What's a fiery dart? Well, back in the day when Paul's seeing this vision, he talks that we're going to get into it, but the fiery darts, well, they really had arrows that they lit with fire, and then when they hit, they would explode. And so the devil has fiery thoughts that when it hits your soul, it's supposed to explode and get you to do things that your heart doesn't want you to do. And so that's why you got to have a shield of faith. you got to have faith. you got to have faith out front of everything, getting ahead of myself. But the devil does have devices. Listen to me. And I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or, or and listen to what I'm saying. If the devil could deceive two perfect people, Adam and Eve were created in God's image and God's likeness. They're the most brilliant. They're meant to live forever. The first Adam ruled and reigned the earth. God said, it's yours. He gave him authority over every creeping thing that creeped on the earth that happened to be a serpent. People say, why was the devil here? Well, they had authority over him. He didn't have to be in there. Adam let him in one day. Eve talked to him. He deceived her. The devil is defeated, but he's been deceiving humanity for a really long time. So he's not and people say, well, the devil's just stupid. Well, I believe he's stupid in the fact that he thought he could beat God. <laughs> I thought, that's stupid. You thought you could oust God who created you? You're a dreamer. God won't be ousted. Because remember God said, there is no other God. There is none like me. I know not one. I love that. I know not one. I know not one. But here Adam and Eve were, they were deceived. And so we got to understand, the devil is serious about deceiving you and deceiving me. And he works on it. But we've been, we've been given authority and we've been given tools. But one of the things the Bible says, where is that scripture? Um, there. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. Let's start there. Because remember what we're looking at. It says, put on the whole armor of God to stand against the wiles of the devil. So you and I are standing against what are the wiles of the devil? They are thoughts. They are inroads to mess you up. It says this, lest uh, Satan should get an advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his, same word there, devices. We're, we're, we're not ignorant. Everybody say, I'm not ignorant. <laughs> now, a lot of the body of Christ is ignorant about these kind of things. That is, let me finish my thought because I don't pass, get a clip of that. Pastor Mark said the body of Christ is ignorant. What I mean by that is uh, when I grew up in church and when many of you grew up in church, uh, we thought anything that was bad that happened was just God's doing. You know, he allowed it because he's sovereign. That word you got to be careful of because people misuse it. 
They mean sovereign that you never know what's going to happen. There's no control. I just believe whatever's meant to be is meant to be. You believe wrong. Uh, you have a lot to do with what's meant to be. You can't just leave it and let it go. Because if you let it go, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 calls the devil God of this world. He will make things happen in your life that you, God never, the God the Father never intended for your life. That's why you've been given faith. You've been given the name of Jesus. You've been given the ability to pray. You've been, all those things. Because if it's just up to God, we, why would we waste time praying? If it's all up to God, why would we, we really wouldn't even waste time getting together. What difference does it make? But it makes a lot of difference. I say it this way because I heard it said so many times from somebody who's a mentor to me. He said, you can't leave up to God what he's left up to you. And a lot of people are just leaving everything up to God. And then they get mad at him because it doesn't work out right. But you can't leave up to God what he's left up to you. So you got to use your faith. It seems as though God can do nothing until somebody prays. You've got to exercise the name of Jesus. And so you, first of all, you cannot be ignorant of the devil's devices. I grew up ignorant of the devil's devices. I guarantee you I believed that anything that bad happened in my life, God allowed it for some spooky, strange reason. He's God. He's in control. It's what people hear. But see, you know better, so you can help people. I'm not talking about being a know-it-all or a pain in the neck or, you know, arguing with people. But somebody you're close to, if they think wrong about that, if they'll let you speak into their life, one of the greatest things that I ever figured out is um, God needs me to say something. God needs me to resist. God needs me to speak the name of Jesus. He needs me to. He wants me to. Jesus said, all power and authority has been given me in heaven and earth. Now you go. In my name. In my name. In my name. Well, I just believe if God wants to heal me, he'll heal me. Again, I'm sorry. Don't, I don't want to. But you have to, just like salvation, you've got to receive your healing. People ask me all this all the time. People even through meet and greet sometimes because they don't understand. You all believe it's the will of God to heal everybody. Yes, I do. I also believe it's the will of God to save everybody. I believe it's the will of God for every Christian who is born again, sanctified by the blood of Jesus, to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the heaven speaking in other tongues. But then the answer, that's the wrong question. The question is, does everybody receive their healing? And the answer is no. No, just like everybody doesn't receive their salvation. Does everybody receive, have faith to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the heaven speaking in tongues? No, but they can. But they can. They can. They can. They can. Because it is the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And whatever the devil is doing in your life, if you're not ignorant of his devices, then you can resist those things. Because, see, a lot of times people don't know what to resist. You shouldn't resist God. But Jesus made it clear. Come on. If you come to Cornerstone for a month at least, you're going to get a John 10.10 at you quite a bit. I've been preaching in this area for 30, 30, 30 years now. And one of the things that linger in this area because of things that are taught here and how people come is they are confused about what God does versus what the devil does. But Jesus made it so clear a four-year-old can figure it out. It takes a preacher to mess it up. John 10, 10. Y'all know it? Come on, Cornerstonians. What is John 10, 10? The thief does what? Who said that? Who said that? Jesus said that. 
Come on, if it was red letter, I wish we could have red letter stuff up there. Uh, Jesus said, the thief. Who's the thief? The devil. What does the devil do? So if it's stealing from you, where did it come from? How many times? Oh, well, sometimes God steals. Sometimes, uh, you know, God allows, you know, the devil to know. This is perfect. Uh, the world celebrates Halloween. God does not have to disguise himself, and he is not in conjunction. The devil is not on the payroll of God. Amen. And you, you know, oh, my goodness, help me. Uh, um, um, you know, I just get really tired of people saying stuff like this. There's these little cute Christian things. Well, you know, um, uh, you know, oh. Well, you know, stuff like, uh, well, that was just, something bad happened. Just, I'm sure that was just a blessing in disguise. There's a, that was just a blessing in disguise. God does not have to dress up in an evil thing to get you a blessing. Can, because what they misunderstand is this. Man, I am all over the place. I think it's that Terre Haute Church messed me up. Hallelujah. Um, oh, they blessed me up. That's probably the truth. Um, they really pulled. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting that people don't understand, you know, let's just get back at it. The thief steals, kills, and destroys. Period. End of story. There's no confusion there. If it's stole from you, Devil. If it kills, devil. Destroys, devil. 100% of the time. You don't ever have to question it ever again. A sickness, devil. Doesn't mean you have a demon. The root of it is devil. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light, with whom there's no variableness. Y'all remember algebra? God's a constant, not a variable. You put anything in the equation, it still comes out God. Amen? Come on. Like I was about to say, the truth is he works things together for our good, but doesn't mean he causes them. And the, the only people he can work out together for their good are for those who are called. According, you got to finish the verse. Well, I just believe God's working out everything out for good. No, he don't work everything out good for everybody because everybody doesn't qualify. For, he, for those who are serving him, for those who are called according to his purpose. And then it goes on to really about those who pray. Come on, can God work it out? Can God, do, you know, people say, this, well, I was in the hospital and it was a blessing in disguise because I got my, you know, uh, you know, I got somebody, I ministered somebody. Well, you can go to the hospital when you're well, minister everybody you want to. Or you used to could before COVID. You don't have to wait till you get sick. God just used you where you were. I say, just use you where you were. Come on, why am I on this? Well, I'm on this because you all need this, but your friends and your family need this. Because if you think wrongly about this, the devil will run over you. He will run over you because you're not resisting, because you don't know what to resist. But you resist every sickness that comes against your body. You resist anything the devil's trying to steal, kill, or destroy. Amen. Amen. I, I have, we have friends, um, you all probably heard me talk about um, um, Trent and Rhonda Cloyne. Rhonda was um, just like family to me. She was in my youth group and her and her husband pastor in Champaign. We were up there and um, the day after we left, their daughter um, got in a car accident 
and she had, we were just eating um, the night before, and we were, she was regaling us with a story of how God gave her that car, this young lady. It was a God thing. He gave it to her, basically. And she was rejoicing, and we were rejoicing with her. So the day after the meeting, she totaled that car. And so I was like, you stinking thing. And, but the funny thing was, because I, I just had it in my heart, and we just, I just told them, I was like, well, I believe God's going to get her something way better. Way better. And you know what he did? He inspired so many people. And girlfriend's driving a Beamer now. <laughs> She's driving a Beamer as a, sco- as a student in Bible school that God gave her because she believed him again. Because the easy thing to do was, why, why did God let that happen to me? Why is this happening to me? It's happening because there's a devil. It's happening because the devil would like to take you out. Like you to get discouraged and quit. But she just rose up. I think when her faith rose up, everybody's like, yeah, I better give in to that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That was hothouse giving. And nobody took up an offering. People just spontaneously, because she just, she just decided, no, 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 you're not going to steal what God gave me. God gave me that car, and now she's got a better one, a newer one, and a better brand. Hallelujah. Well, can God do that for me? If you can believe and resist the devil. Hallelujah. <laughs> what are his devices? Well, number one, we got to know them. We can't be ignorant. Everybody say, I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices. What's he do? Well, number one, he's a liar. He steals, kills, and destroys. By order to finish John 10, 10, we got to get Jesus his credit. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have zoe, the God kind and quality of life. Not just life, zoe, the God kind and quality of life. Come on, he wants you and I living up here. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to have heaven on earth. I love Deuteronomy. It says days of heaven upon the earth. Jesus prayed. You believe Jesus gets his prayers answered? Do you? The Father hears him when he prayed. He said, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's going on up there? They're fighting up there, aren't they? There's potholes everywhere. (laughs) Hallelujah. No. We can get every Christian to believe, ooh, heaven's good. No sickness, no disease, no crying. Streets are gold. Well, more than streets are gold... The whole city is pure gold. Twelve layers of stone. In my father's house, God has a house. You decorate yours with couches and chairs. He decorates his house with mansions. We're moving into daddy's house. And your house is within his house. He got a big house. He's got a big house. Well, I just want a cabin over the hill. Well, I'll take that with my mansion in my backyard, but I want my mansion. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. I give it to you to the abundance till it overflows. The Lord is good. The devil steals, kills, and destroys with his devices. What's his, one of his, what's his number one? He is a deceiver and he is a liar. Remember what Jesus said about him? I believe it was in John 8, 44. He said, you're of your father, the devil. He was a liar from the beginning. He's a liar. He's a liar. 
Yeah, it is. John 8, 44. You're of your father, the devil. John 8, 44. You're of their father, the devil. The lusts of your father you will do. He's a murderer. So, you know, the devil lusts, murderer. There's no truth in him. He speaks a lie, and he speaks it on his own. He's a liar and the father of it. Now, don't get me off on this, but I'm going to take a little side thought. Lying is not okay. People who lie are not godly. Well, you got to do it sometimes. Nope. 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 I don't follow liars. But sometimes you just can't tell the truth. That, that's deception. Now, if somebody asks you a question, you don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm not saying go around and say, ooh, that's a... That is an ugly piece of clothing you got on. That makes you look all kinds of ways. Oh, you look terrible today. What would you do with your hair? looks like you let a bird up in there. What's going on? Um, shoo. I'm not saying that. That's, that's not truth. That's just mean. But if somebody asks you something, figure out a way to tell them the truth without hurting their heart. No, that's not the best outfit I've ever seen. I think you have better. I've seen you look better. You look fine, you know, but it's okay. I mean, but tell them the truth. Come on. If you're ever out with me and I got spinach in my teeth, you better tell me. If I go to the bathroom and find it and you looked at me the whole time and no wonder you were, you were looking away or squinting, you're going to make me mad because you ain't my friend. We do that at our house sometimes. We see somebody on TV and they're not looking their best. And we say, ooh, they had no friends today. There were no friends. But you got to let people tell you the truth. Listen to me. You have to, you have to be open. If you're not open to the truth, that's part of being deceived. And when you're self-deceived, I remember the Lord told me, because you remember the Bible says, if you're not a doer of the word, you deceive yourself. You're here only. You hear it, but you never do it. Bible says, see, deception is part of the devil's strategy. So hearing something and not doing plays right into the devil's strategy. He don't mind you hearing because it does bring faith. But if you don't do anything with it, it's just dead on arrival. And it didn't hurt the devil. But if you, ask, if you believe something, start saying something and start doing something, then that's when he gets concerned. He, he's not concerned if you hear. He's, because if you just hear it and you never do it, you're, you've deceived yourself, which is what the devil does, deception. He's cool with people hearing. Because, see, if people just hear then, uh, and they never get there, then hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it makes them angry. So you can't just hear. You've got you to gotta say something. You've got to believe something. You've got to do something. It's deception. But I remember when the Lord said to me one time, he said, self-deception is the hardest thing to get someone out of. Because not only they've been deceived by the devil, they've deceived themselves. And then when somebody tries to help them, you know, it's like someone was self-deceived. They believe they're right. Even God can't talk to them. I wish I had better illustrations except the one that makes me look bad. But somebody needs to hear this before we go. I'm talking about the, the, I'm talking about the devices of the devil. Now, this is similar. It's not really a device of the devil. 
But, but be careful. Somebody needs to hear this before you go. This will help you. Um, many, many years ago, we were headed to the Philippines to preach. Um, we were going to preach at Jamata School. Mark Brzee, who's like my big brother. And uh, so he had let us go, and we were going over there. And uh, I don't know, you know, that was, when we were, that was a long time ago. Um, and um, my goodness. And uh, uh, one, so we're praying. We believe God for the money. You know, it was, a, you know, for us at that time, was a, it was a huge thing. So we'd believe for the money, the money come in. One night, Pastor Rhonda said to me, um, I just have something in my heart. I don't know how exactly how she said it. You need to check your passport to make sure it's not out of date. And I said to her, eh, it's fine. I said, it's fine. I believed it was fine. It's fine. So I didn't do it. Then second time, something's up with the passport. Um, and then, I, you know, I'm, it's fine. You know, almost, I never say this out loud, but quit nagging me. It's fine. And then the Holy Ghost said to her, third time, it's not fine, check it. So she got up and checked it. It was out of date. Now, y'all, if I'd have went to Manila and she had had to go do all that on her own and I'd had to turn around and come back to the United States, woo-wee, life would have not been good. And other than that, I raised the money. I was scheduled to preach. It was very important. And I asked, because this is the sad thing is, I, even back then, I was known as the Holy Ghost teacher. I was known, I teach, I've taught people for 35 years how to follow their heart and how to hear from God. I'm very confident about it. I know how to teach people how to hear from God. I teach it all the time. I probably taught it when I went there. And I said to the Lord, why didn't you say something to me? Why didn't you say something to me? I know your voice. And he said this to me. He said, you thought you were right. I couldn't even get through to you. It's dangerous when you think you know and you're not open. And then he went outside to my lovely wife and talked to her. And what did I do? I ignored her. I didn't heed it. And is he merciful and is he kind? He told her to do it. Y'all, you need to have people around you who will woe to him who's alone when he falls down. You need to have four crazy friends. As spouses, husbands and wives, you need to be for one another. Um, I learned a valuable lesson. The Lord, that's a teaching moment that still has some punch in the gut to me today when I, when I listen. He said he couldn't tell me because I was sure I was right. So what do you do with people like that? Well, if you don't have any someone to listen to, you don't have that. All I can know to do is pray that eyes and their understanding will be enlightened. The mercy of God was come. But listen to me. This deception thing, if you're self-deceived or you allow the devil to deceive you, and that's what he did to Eve. It is one of his main strategies. Lying and deception. What is that? That's that, um, that's that device. I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices. So where does he try to do that to you and I? He tries to do that to our mind with thoughts. Now, I understand this. Um, I thought this was going to go a little different way, but I understand this, that um, you, sometimes you can be overwhelmed in your thought life, just overwhelmed. But, but the scripture 
we'll, we'll, we'll do this, see if we can get here. Finally, my brethren, be strong, Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor against, uh, of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 